0: The Phoenix Suns go down in the NBA Cup to none other than the Los Angeles Lakers. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, our instant reaction. We'll try not to shed any tears to the Phoenix Suns loss. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, Our writer over at suns.com, excuse me, and the host of the Just Basketball Show wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen post game, Even on a bad day like this, 106-103, the Los Angeles Lakers win the quarterfinals in the Western Conference for the NBA Cup. We're free and available everywhere, including YouTube, so hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're finding the show. Get a new show in your feed every single Monday through Friday, from now through the rest of the season, post-game, analysis, guests, interviews, all that good stuff every day, just for you. Become an everydayer, or get locked onto the Suns right along with me all season long. More bonus content to get to, as I will let you know about throughout the show, today's Episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Let's get to the game. Brandon Duenas is here as he is, well, not every Wednesday, but in this case, a Wednesday. And uh, the perfect show to have a partner in crime for, I would say, um, both because I'm still making sense of what just happened, but also because. It'd be a tough show to get through, talking about that game. Brandon, um, we're just going to react to the general everything, make sense of the calls that may or may not have been blown, the decisions that were made, which players stood out, and all that to start off the show. The moment of the game was the whole game in this case. And what I will kick us off by saying is the Suns very rarely get Suns fan brendan to come out it's it's hidden very very deep in here because i you know cover the team i gotta be on my p's and q's on that stuff and uh, i i'm very hardened to it it was like seven minutes left to go in this game and nope my, my wife was already asleep the dog is in there with her i'm out on the couch alone and i literally said to myself how in the hell are there still seven minutes left in this game it was uh it was that type of night so what what is your first takeaway your first Thought your first emotion coming off of that game?
1: Well, well, first of all, just the it was a great game from an intensity yeah. standpoint. The players cared. Kudos to Silver for this tournament. I was very wrong about that. Um, that being said, the the way the game was officiated was one of the most inconsistent. I have not talked about officials all season long. I've stayed off that part of Twitter because it's a very dark place. Um, I think the last time I've really gone deep was like the 2021 final. So this is the first time I've really gone back to that mode, but that was yeah. ridiculous. Like just Durant getting mauled multiple possessions. Like, look, it's one thing if both teams can play physical, but when you're calling it uh, specifically for on one, on one team, it just kind of, uh, you know, adds, adds to the fuel. And the whole take foul thing, I actually looked up the rules because I saw some replies saying the last two minutes uh, that rule doesn't apply. So to, uh, I know Suns fans don't want to hear that right now, but that was a good no call by them based off the rule book. So I did not know about that. Uh, okay,
0: but the timeout. Let's just get to the timeout. The
1: timeout that was unacceptable. That I mean, you even had apparently Reggie Miller. I was watching the local broadcast, but even Reggie Miller was calling them out on that. So that's how you know uh, it wasn't just a Suns thing. There's a lot of NBA players. I know I saw Mikel tweet about it. Tyrese Halliburton tweeted mm-hmm. about it. And all the main replies under it were just talking about how ridiculous that was. So, <clears throat>
0: unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, Adam, uh, Adam, Austin Reeves, who, you know, credit where it's due, I guess, hits an absolutely insane shot. It's one of those where I'm not even sure why he took it. There were like 10 to 15 seconds left on the shot clock. He's in the right wing. LeBron does not touch the ball the entire possession. Makes it. Feels like the game's out of reach. And then ends up with the ball in his hands in the key moment on the, on an inbound I thought book did a very good job not fouling but pressuring and then somehow as Reeves is very clearly coughing up the ball I don't know if LeBron called it I saw some people speculating on that or if it was ham either way there is a timeout called as the ball is like pressed up against his leg and he does not have possession it, it feels like the 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 replay reviews we see of wide receivers uh making a catch and and it's like the referees you know it's like the David Tyree catch or something um all over again and ca- except in this case they get to stop the clock and reset and all that on top of it so that one felt incredibly egregious and if Reggie Miller is mad about it i know suns fans believe him to be the the biggest Suns hater around and I do think he tends to root for the big market teams the Lakers the Warriors whatever in a lot of these games so if he was apoplectic I was also watching the local broadcast that makes it uh even more cemented but I mean what did you think of this game setting that aside because the the take foul thing I didn't necessarily know that either I don't know the, the rule deeply enough to even know how something qualifies or doesn't, if I'm being honest. So that one didn't bother me as much because it just didn't occur to me the same way that it did some people. But I feel like you have to be pretty pleased with how this team responded in the second half. No matter how much they sucked in the first half, no matter how much you are angry at the referees, the Suns should have probably lost this game by 20. And I do think there's a lot of credit where that needs to be due, especially to Kevin Durant for this team, even having a chance in this game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, it showed that they got some fight in them and, you know, obviously the the slow start, it seems like the Lakers have done a good job of making uh, the Suns play ugly basketball. So you got to give them some credit for that too. But uh, the the beginning of the second half, they just look like a completely different team. So I don't know what Frank Vogel, said to them at halftime but whatever he said I I would love to to be in the locker room for that because they they came out with a completely different mindset right off the bat got right back into it I thought there's a couple moments they could have really put together a solid run and and extended a lead but it seemed like every time they're about to you know build a small lead it just got taken away or some unfortunate sequence would happen where it'd be a five-point swing in the Lakers favor uh and that just kind of kept happening over and over and It it was a battle, though. I think we saw two teams that just didn't want to lose. It was physical, pretty intense, playoff like atmosphere. And, you know, the other thing is the Lakers shot the ball 27 more times than the Suns. Yeah. Uh, Anytime that happens, you're just, you're not, it's going to be really tough to win. You're just fighting uphill. And 20 turnovers has a lot to do with that. The offensive rebounding, uh, a lot of little things that they're going to need to correct. But (coughs) yeah, it was definitely, it was a frustrating game. But at the same time, like you said, they fought their asses off. So you got to tip the cap to them for that.
0: Yeah. I think the other reason Suns fans are going to be upset about the officiating is not just those late game snafus, but you look at it and it's like, okay. And we're going to go through all four superstars and kind of look at the game that way. In the second segment, we'll talk about some of the possession game stats and the center play to close out the show. But the best players on the Suns were in foul trouble all night. And as was Nurkic. I mean, you can call him one of the best players or not, but he was also in that mix. And those were the two runs that stood out to me. There was the run, I believe the Suns cut it to five. I think it was 45-40. And then right after that is when Nurkic had to sit. And I know he didn't have a great game, but in the first half, I thought him being able to even just grab some defensive rebounds was pretty big. And the Lakers went on a run right after that. Then there was the stretch. I think it was a 7-2 to two run right after Booker had to sit with foul trouble in the third quarter. Uh, and and the Lakers extended their lead again, and those were huge. The other thing I would point to as um, maybe we can transition to the the star players off of this, but I do think if you're giving credit, if you're trying to find some positives here, LeBron was held in check down the stretch of this game. You know, I tweeted. I mean, I don't know if you feel the same, but I tweeted like five three three to five minutes left, somewhere in that range, I was like, this, the Suns and Lakers have played the same game three times, because it just felt like LeBron was going to get downhill on Nurkic, draw fouls, get to the basket, whatever, over and over, like we saw the first two games, but the Suns started doubling LeBron before he could get into those drives, they forced the ball out of his hands, it was Reeves who ended up taking that big three to 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 kind of ice the game. LeBron turned it over a couple times. They were able to get him into a miss at the basket without fouling. And so I think that's at least for a, hey, we might play this team in the playoffs type of mental hurdle for this team. I'm sure that they feel pretty good about what they were able to do there. They're not going to maybe feel that right now in the locker room, but I do think that was a positive off of this one too.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think anytime you turn the ball over 20 times too and, Uh, just all the little things that are very correctable mistakes like uh, shows that you could still compete with them in spite of all that and an off shooting night from Booker as well so I think there's a lot of things that kind of add up towards you look at the the numbers without even you know checking the the box score or whatever just if you just look at the actual like just physical numbers of turnovers free throws you know all these little things they just add up and you just can't have those types of differences and beat teams and in close games. And like I said before, it was was pretty much a playoff environment. So uh, I think anytime the game slows down like that, that's when more of those weaknesses could be exposed in a sense. So we saw the Lakers really target Nurkic, uh, you know, even uh, Gordon and and Allen in some stretches, trying to get those two on the same side as Nurkic in a pick and roll. So those are some actions that I think uh, the Suns will see a lot in the playoffs too. So it's definitely a good test, obviously not having Beal out there, uh, you know, you you'd like to have them out there to get them those chemistry reps and and uh, that type of environment, but at the same time, it's good for the rest of these guys to to play off Booker and Durant and and play in a important like quote unquote important game. Uh, I mean, it not felt, not felt like important this. that game. Yeah. That
0: was a playoff game.
1: It felt like it, it really did. So, um, but since they lost, it was just another regular season game. If they would have won, it would be the greatest okay, that's fair. regular season that's game of fair. all time. So it didn't matter at
0: all. There's nothing to it. <laughs> yeah, just because of EL. That's fair. All right. Let's uh let's pivot. Let's talk to talk through Durant Booker, Davis, and LeBron and kind of look at the game through that lens next. First, today's show brought to you by eBay Motors, the best place to buy any car park. For any part of your car, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd this season to bring you some of the best fantasy picks that he can come up with each week all season long. Under the radar, just what you need, perfect fit for your roster. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we'll provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy picks of the week Patrick Williams the Bulls are a nightmare but that doesn't mean that they're not still playing games and he is back in the starting lineup trades coming maybe get him on the roster now Obi top and shooting the lights out the Pacers uh, have a great schedule they're obviously playing in the in-season tournament and he is a big part of their team more and more as the season goes on Kelly O'Bray Jr. back from whatever weird situation happened with the car healthy playing Had a great start to the season. He's back in there. Derek Lively, a starting center who might be available in your league. And Killian Hayes, once again starting. Monty Williams, our our good friend, loves him some Killian Hayes. Steals, shooting, assists, all that good stuff. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball can help you win your fantasy championship. eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and it's the same with your vehicle. I've told you countless times I love eBay Motors. I've used them. This is not just me shilling this is real stuff i have bought a hubcap basically a a wheel cover i have bought a sort of what is it called the flap that protects your eyes from the sun i mean in arizona that's all i think of it as i I know it has a mirror and all that too weird little parts that don't pop up anywhere else that aren't available anywhere else but ebay has them with over two and 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly Whether it's a brake kit, LED headlight, roof rack, bumper, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it, and with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, with these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash, so keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Okay, Brandon, let's go to the stars. And in the spirit of positivity to open us up here, I want to start with Kevin Durant. Uh, However, before we get to Durant, I want to remind everybody, um, last week's Locked on Suns Insider video breakdown was about Kevin Durant. It was like 18 minutes of deep dive Kevin Durant talk, a bunch of matchup specific details against the Lakers and how his offensive role with this team and his fit with these players has evolved over the course of the season. We saw a lot of what they were able to attack tonight in those first two matchups, how they manipulated Anthony Davis and more. So if you... Want videos like that each week delivered straight to your phone with exclusive link? My reaction to Suns news, game day content, one-on-one conversations, giveaways, Q&As, all that good stuff. Join the Locked On Suns insiders by visiting joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Suns or click the link in the show description. That's joinsubtext.com or click that link down below. All right, Brandon, let's talk about Durant. I'll give you the floor. I thought that he, this was my favorite Kevin Durant game as a Sun. Um, just because of the level of difficulty playing through the ankle sprain and evolving against a team that he struggled against earlier in the season. I thought this was just like exactly why you acquire a player like this, because he showed up in this moment.
1: 100%. He was, he was unreal. He had some really tough shots with pretty much wearing the defense. Like it just shows, you know, that release point is so high. There's just nothing you could do about it when he gets to his spot and, lakers they made it difficult for him to get to his spot but but he still got there uh more often than not uh the one thing i think uh they did a good job of is limiting him to only 17 shot attempts you know you'd like durant in a game like this to to get up 20 plus but that's just kind of the flow of the game him not trying to force it too much uh he did have five and all the turnovers
0: yeah exactly
1: yeah he had five book had seven i believe and those two combining for 12 turnovers to 10 assists. Like, that's not a great ratio. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Uh, then you factor in all the offensive rebounds. It's just, uh, you know, recipe for disaster. But I thought, yeah, like I said, Durant was awesome. He was, this is why you make that trade. I, I love Mikel and Cam. Uh, I'm not attached to the picks, even though I'm a draft guy. Um, but, but look, you, you make that trade 10 times out of 10. And tonight was exactly why. Even though they lost, like, come playoff time, he's a cheat code and just, uh, I'm not going to take a single minute he plays on the Suns for granted. And I I think uh, some of the stuff he does, maybe I don't think everyone's used to it at this point, but uh, it seems like there's times where Suns fans could almost take it for granted because it's not normal. Kind of like what we're seeing with LeBron, Uh, his age, like just these aging stars are just unreal. It's, It's crazy that these guys are still doing this.
0: It is. And we'll, we'll pivot to LeBron next, I think, and then finish off with Booker and Davis. But one other point on Durant, I guess, to address here would be, did you have an issue with or what were your thoughts on the shot that he took late in the game when they were down three and he took kind of an early clock three off of a, a quick pass from Booker? I didn't see a lot of chatter, but I think, you know, if, you're, if you are were to go back and rewatch the game, maybe you could convince yourself, hey, take a a more patient approach in that possession, but it's Kevin Durant on a pretty open three in rhythm. I personally did not have an issue with it, but what did you think?
1: Yeah, I'll live by that and die by that. Like that's if he's probably the only guy that could take that shot and you're fine with it. He was, he was feeling confident. He was hot. So he's the guy you want taking that shot. If he misses it, you know, you go down with him. I'd rather that than a contested, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus here just some other shot we'll, we'll say but uh yeah. but yeah I think uh you know between that and the Reeves 3 like that's I'll live with that as well I'd rather have him taking a shot than LeBron attacking the rim or Davis attacking the rim so to me it's just those are the shots that make it or break it and that's what kind of league it is
0: Absolutely I I see it the same way I think that's a good uh jumping off point for LeBron I agree with you 100% uh, I don't take Durant being here for granted. I also don't take Durant for granted. Period. Playing 39 minutes at age 35 and doing this, and you could say the same about LeBron. We've gotten three regular season like classics from these guys in the course of six weeks of an, of one NBA season after not getting it for five years. Um, you know, I know Suns fans probably don't want to like sit there and go, "Wow, what a special moment!" Right now, after that loss, but it's. Incredibly cool that these guys are still doing this and able to you know, entertain us, give us these moments. And I, I do still think the Suns played better. This was their best defensive performance against LeBron in a fourth quarter of all these matchups, but that's not saying much when he still has close to a 30-point triple-double, five steals, uh, a bunch of vintage moments. Um, what stood out to you about LeBron's night?
1: Yeah, he's he's playing with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. I think this this Lakers team remembers that the Suns beat them double digits uh, straight times in a row at one point. With ever since the Jay Crowder uh, salsa, like there's still bad blood. It's a, it's a different team, but I think LeBron he's going to get up for any big game. That's just who he is. But I think with with that factored in as well, there's a couple times where I thought uh, there's a fast break and, and Booker kind of. Bumped into him, got a steal, and he got a no call, and he just kind of put his head down. He's like, shook his head. He's like, all right. And the very next possession, he goes right at the rim and and finishes, and uh, overbook and goes and flexes on the bench. So that's those are the kind of plays that he just he makes uh, time and time again. And uh, you know, it's just at this point, it just it's par for the course for LeBron. And at age, you know, four hundred, it doesn't matter. He's just going to keep going. So uh, fortunate. That he had another uh, a great game against the Suns, but that's just you know, that's just the reality. And the Suns are gonna struggle, I think, to con- contain LeBron and just about any team in the league will once he makes up his mind going downhill.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that Crowder moment. I thought he was maybe done after that series. That was two and a half years ago.
1: <laughs>
0: I was like, all yeah. right, it comes for everybody. He he looked mortal. Like, we know Mikhail can't guard him, but he didn't look great, and, you know, all right, maybe that's that. You know, he'll he'll be good but not great for the rest of his career, and now here we are. But, all right, Anthony Davis had a really strong first quarter, uh, petered out in the second half, I would say, and was not efficient tonight, but was a big part of them owning the offensive glass. I don't have any huge thoughts about Davis outside of what I mentioned before, which is that I think, Stationing Nurkic as more of a perimeter playmaker. Durant kind of having the stop-and-go awareness of where AD is. that rep, Those reps of playing them so many times early in the season, that all jumped through to me. But, I mean, to me it was kind of the type of AD game that I expect. I, I don't think it was anything outside the ordinary.
1: Yeah, he had nine offensive rebounds. Uh want to take a guess how many Suns had as a team.
0: Uh, probably less than that would be my guess.
1: They had eight, so he he out offensive rebounded the Suns by himself. That's that's definitely what I think his his value was, and uh, it hurt. They were hurt. they
0: were so intimidated by it. The, those tap outs where they kept trying to just hit them, they were so in their head because he was so aggressive in inside getting his hand on those, jumping, boxing out, doing whatever. So yeah, it made a huge impact, not just. When he was getting them, but on every mo- moment of the game from that first start on,
1: yeah, for sure, and that's a major reason they had. That combined with the turnovers is why the Lakers had 102 shots. Suns had 75. It's just 27 more shots. Is you're just. It, I, I don't think I would have to go check. I, I need like ESPN stats and info for this one. But like, has a team ever won a game getting outshot by 25 plus shots? Like the Suns might have been one of the first or one of the very few to, to do that i mean it's it's just difficult to win when when that happens but uh yeah davis was aggressive early on getting to the free throw line setting the tone and then i think kind of floundered off a little bit towards the end settled for jumpers which is kind of what you want him to do um yeah so but yeah just pretty much just a standard ad game really
0: yeah and i think he was a a contributor to a lot of those turnovers even if he didn't get credited with any steals and I somebody on Twitter was pointing pointed it out, and I noticed it as well uh, in my replies. But they were not very smart, the Suns, about avoiding him in the pick and roll, like you saw Golden State do that a ton in the playoffs last year, where they went out of their way to say whoever AD is guarding, we're basically going to put him on an island. Then the Lakers adjusted and actually had him guard lesser players who were more likely to screen or better players who are more likely to screen whatever solely so that he could be involved, switch on to Curry, be closer to the basket. That whole chess match was a a huge part of their playoffs. I feel like the Suns just didn't even have a plan for that. They were like, yeah, you know, we'll do our thing. And it's like, no, you can't do that. He's, he's one of the most game changing defensive players in the league. You have to have a a game plan for that. Maybe they had one and just didn't execute it well, but it was uh, it was pretty obvious. Let's close with Booker, who was the culprit in a lot of those turnovers. Seven, for him. And uh, my, my big takeaway on this one, Brandon, is just that this type of game is why, for most of basketball history, the best scorer and the best playmaker were thought of as different players. Like it is very, very hard to do both things at an incredibly high level. That is why Bradley Beal is on this team. And you can get mad at Booker for struggling when the defensive pressure is what it is, for having a lot of these high turnover games i i hear that i have had those panic moments but it's a lot to ask of a player to drive into the teeth of one of the most physical defenses in the NBA to get shots for himself and his teammates and be efficient and have his head on a swivel and not get tired and all these things i just think this game kind of took everything out of him and he didn't I, I think the box score is probably a little worse than his actual performance was but he still wasn't good enough
1: yeah, no, it was a, it was a rough start too. Like, I think just, uh, there's a point where after that first, stint, I thought he did okay. The second stint, he came in towards the end of the first, and that's when yeah. it looked like he, to me, he just got kind of frustrated at little things. And that just reminded me of like young book where he just mm-hmm. sometimes let things snowball and just get in his head a little bit. Cause there's a, I tweeted this. There's a difference between like an angry Devin Booker and a frustrated, and he was more frustrated tonight than, than angry. And that's uh, just controlling that, uh, I thought just kind of threw his rhythm off. Just same same with Nurkic getting in the early foul trouble. I thought that really messed with him. He just couldn't really find a, a rhythm offensively and was forcing up some stuff and just second guessing himself. So there's a lot of that going on in the first half. I thought that uh, just really made for some stagnant offense all around. So yeah, Booker definitely. Uh, you know he'll he'll probably try to forget this one quick, but you know it's it's a 82 game season. It's, it's you just got to throw in the rear view and just uh, keep plugging away because. He, we've seen what he's capable of already. There's gonna be games he'll struggle like this, but uh I'm just I'm looking forward to see how he bounces back.
0: Yeah, it didn't help that Cam Reddish was defending him like a like a young cornerback who keeps getting called for pass interference or something. Like it was just
1: horse callers, yeah.
0: Just crazy. So, you know, I'm sure that that didn't help. That was very clearly in in Reddish's, you know, little carefully printed out game plan that 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 they all get on their locker room chairs before the game and and it was just like you know bludgeon book like that was kind of the deal and it's hard to deal with he did get frustrated I had the same thought there was one moment where I I think he had a frustration foul at one point that it did bring me back to a couple years ago I thought he had turned the corner on those look nobody's perfect but you can't have those moments especially when you're in foul trouble uh already for actual plays but uh yeah flush that one sucks that it came in this moment the Lakers clearly wanted this they were at home move on Um, we can move on as well we will bring you the second or third iteration of the NERC report credit to a listener for that title as well as some numbers behind the possession game for our box score oddity of the night we'll do all that next first today's show brought to you by game time the best place to buy a ticket for any event because Game Time basically took the feedback of all the things we all hate about other ticketing apps and said, let's fix them all. And they did. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, whether that's sports music, comedy theater, or anything else. And Game Time gives you the peace of mind to not have to worry, whether it's a show at the Tempe Improv or it is a Suns game or it is any of the major concerts coming Next year, we missed out on um, the Smashing Pumpkins tickets. I was a little bummed. Game Time has them, still not in my price range, but they're there. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. That's the bottom line. They have exclusive flash deals. They have zone deals where you can pick the section and Game Time gives you the seats for a better deal, more savings. They also have the Game Time Guarantee, meaning if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference to make up for their mistake. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKED NBA for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, quicker segment to wrap us up here. Let's talk Nurkic. The center rotation overall, Brandon, the Nurk report, as we call it here, to close out shows on these post-game episodes. Um, again, I thought Nurk in the first half was fine. Uh, maybe that's a little too nice, but I thought he was one of the only things keeping the Suns from making the mistakes that they were making, which were allowing rebounds and turning the ball over. Nurk had eight rebounds. He only turned the ball over twice. I thought, again, he was part of the game plan of how to get Davis away from the action, and he was pretty good doing that, making the the right read as a playmaker, but in the second half, not so good, got into foul trouble, couldn't really do much against LeBron, and we can just add Drew Eubanks in here, too, who I thought had maybe his worst game as a son, just really did not contribute anything, made a lot of mistakes, was not aggressive as a scorer at all on offense to me, and um you know was part of the turnover and and rebounding issues himself so are you panicking based on this game does this feel like a worst case scenario to you or, or how, how do you think about how the sun center is performed in a game that you know is a measuring stick game for the suns
1: i think uh it just kind of confirms what my fears were entering the season about him in these environments um i don't think he was a disaster by any means or anything like that but i think there's definitely some you know, when, when a team's going to be hunting your, your anchor uh, over and over, it's just, that, that's definitely a, a red flag. And, and I think that this was a great example of why they need a third center on this roster, like a third legitimate center that they can throw. And, and you know, Bismack, Mac, uh, you know, he's, he's doing things over in Memphis that they could use in, in short spurts, but just a player like that, that I think, uh, you know, when Eubanks doesn't have it going, because I thought he really struggled tonight too, that, you know, you could just toss in there. So, yeah, for me, they just looked small. They looked, uh, they were less physical. And the early fouls on Nurkic, I thought kind of threw him, like I said earlier, just kind of out of his his rhythm offensively. He just didn't really have uh, that confidence we've seen in some other games. Like I'm saying all this now, but he he's looked great for this recent stretch offensively. He looked super confident. And then yeah, he's been good. Today was just kind of, yeah, today was just kind of regressing back to what Blazers fans have kind of told us uh, and what just his, whole career has been where he'll have stretches where he looks incredible and then uh it'll, it'll kind of fizzle out and and there's some the concerns started to boil over a little bit so overall it wasn't uh it wasn't a disaster like I said but it was definitely uh some some room for concern and just confirming what I think we all kind of knew entering the season
0: all right um I will just go through for our box score oddity some of the possession stats and we can just start with the center Spot. Drew Eubanks did not grab a single defensive rebound tonight. That could be the one you point to. The Suns turned the ball over 20 times. The Lakers had 54 points in the paint to just 44 for the Suns. Free throws were fairly equal. Suns actually technically had more fast break points, but the Lakers had more points off turnovers. In general, a lot of this evened out in the second half, but what do you think was the biggest culprit for? I, I mean, I guess you've sort of given us your hint in terms of that field goal attempt discrepancy, but what do you think was the biggest reason that that all happened the way that it did? Because if, if that's even close to equal on any of the categories that I just read off, we're talking about a three-point game, that might be the difference between a son's win and a son's loss.
1: Yeah, for me, it's absolutely turnovers, just the lazy passes, too. It's not like, yes, the Lakers generated some some turnovers with their pressure, and I thought they did some creative things defensively that you credit them for those turnovers. But I'm just talking about the lazy passes that are just completely preventable that are just basically unforced. And to me, it's been kind of a, a common theme this season at an alarming rate. Like, it's just um, it's – it's got to stop. Like, you can't win games – throwing away possessions like that. You just can't. And you could beat some some lesser teams doing that and get away with it just because of your talent and how efficient you could be offensively and all that. But uh, in close games, it's going to come back to bite you. And Tonight was a, a great reminder that, you know, we got to stop with the careless passes. And I don't, I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if it's just, you know, what it is. But there's just – it's happening a little bit too frequent for me.
0: Yeah, there was a – very big case of the the drops from Booker tonight. You know, it, it was reminiscent of some of his worst moments, whether that's the Mav series or whatever you want to point to. It felt like that at times where it's just like some defensive pressure, but also just, you know, getting in his head. There was a moment where I was, I think at the end of that first quarter where you were mentioning where I was like, they just need to get the ball out of Booker's hands whenever he checks back in. Then he ends up starting the second quarter with still no Durant, It didn't really get better from there. There was the one that Durant got on Little about where Little waited for Reddish to catch up to KD for a post-up and then Little threw the pass, and that was a turnover. Um, I mentioned Eubanks where it just feels like he's so unconfident when he's in traffic, even as a dribble handoff guy or, or looking to reset the offense. He has to just completely bail on a possession before he's comfortable Getting rid of the ball or making any sort of decision, and then that's going to inevitably lead to some mistakes. If he has to dribble his way out, or teams just read it and knock it out of his hand, so he had three. Um, that's just a sampling, but I, I think you're absolutely right. If especially in the first half, if if they're even a little bit more careful, because they shot better than fifty percent from the field in that first half, like they were, their their offense was working when they actually were running offense. Just they weren't able to do that, so um, that's probably the story of the game. I think you're right. Um, yeah, I think we get everything that'll wrap us up for today. Long episode, late episode, sad episode, but a very fun game. Shout out, shout out Grayson Allen. We didn't touch on him. He had had a great
1: game. He had a great game. I got to give him some props. I thought he did a great job of keeping them afloat when Booker was struggling. And, uh, the early second half run he went on was, was awesome. So shout out to Grayson Allen. I feel like we have to at least throw that in there before we wrap it up.
0: Finish that. Start of the second half, breakaway dunk, too, that I feel like kind of just ignited everybody. He just seems so unfazed. Like, it's hard for him to be rattled. He's confident even when they're down 20, and he'll be the guy that kind of gets a a run going a lot of the time, it feels like. So, yes, absolutely shout-out to Grayson Allen for his play tonight and that mentality all season long. But um, wasn't enough tonight, unfortunately. 106-103 loss. The NBA gets... Zion and LeBron. I don't think Zion really matters anymore. I think uh, KD would have been just fine. Booker would have been just fine. But the Suns will host the Kings on Friday instead of going to Vegas. That's all right. We will be back tomorrow. I was planning to preview the semifinal game, but we will not be doing that. So we'll see what happens the rest of the week. Hit follow. Hit subscribe. Don't forget to sign up for Locked on Suns Insider Text Alerts to get a video breakdown. I'm hoping to focus on the good and bad of Nurkic for this week's video, so you'll get that, plus my reaction to news, game day insights, and more all season long. You can catch Brandon's writing over at Bright Side of the Sun, and I'll catch you guys next time.